Join Macy's and Girls Inc. to empower a new generation of leaders now during Women's History Month. Throughout March, you can help fund STEM and college and career readiness programming for girls when you donate online to Girls Inc. or round up your purchase. Plus, shop women-owned and founded brands like Kaylee Cosmetics, New Face, and Better Not Younger. Learn more and celebrate the creative power of women now and all year round at Macy's.com purpose. Warning, things are about to get intense. Like when you stare into the eyes of someone that you really like for a full minute straight without blinking, intense, intense heat, lasting plump from the hot new lifter plump from Maybelline, New York, formulated with chili pepper. Lifter plump delivers a heated sensation for an instant lip plumping effect that lasts available in eight sizzling shades honestly my favorite is hot honey and coco zing i put it on my lips and honestly it did sizzle them it sizzled them right to the moon they were plump and juicy and everyone was like nicole can i and i'm like get in line can you take the heat find your shade at maybelline.com or a retailer near you Amazon shoppers get 10% off Lifter Plump purchase with code 10PLUMP for a limited time. you date me a podcast where me nicole Byer is just fucking exploring love with people because there is there's no answers to why i'm single i've been searching who fucking knows my guest today is a hilarious stand-up comedian who you've seen perform on late night with seth myers and the late late show with james cordon his new special uh, don't you know who i am is now streaming on youtube and i know this person they're great it's Kenny DeForest! Wow. <laughs> Thank you for that saucy intro. Hi, Kenny. Hello. How are you? I dropped something. Who cares? What did you it's drop? It's so good to be here. James Cordon. I liked that. James Cordon Blue. <laughs> so fancy. You know, sometimes you gotta just surprise yourself and say words in a fun way and have a nice time. I like having a nice time. I'm doing really good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, the audience can't hear it, but the room you're in is very fun, and it's putting me in a fun room. I like looking at your wallpaper. Thank you. I I have talked about it on this podcast, but I will tell you, it took me like 16 hours to put up this peel and stick wallpaper myself. There's gaps in it. I did bad. I, I lost a, a, a plate that goes over the plug. I don't know where the fuck I put it. I don't know why I took it off. You know, life is life is good. Life is good. And sometimes you have to fail so yes. that you can try again and succeed. Yes. Just like the great late Aaliyah said, dust yourself off the jagged, jagged, jagged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she did say that. I have a she question. So yeah. you grew up in Springfield, Missouri, 
which is the same That's town correct. as Brad Pitt. Is Brad Pitt like a hometown hero? Do people talk about him? Do people like know him? Uh, people definitely know that he's from there. Uh, his his brother still lives there and kind of looks like him, but <laughs> uh, sells office supplies. So it's kind of funny to like, and his, also his name is Doug, which like uh, is <laughs> kind of the name you would make up if you were creating a brother of Brad Pitt. He'd be like, Doug Pitt sells copiers. It's what he does. He's a very nice man. He's a local business leader. Um, but we are very proud of Brad Pitt being from there. He also went to my high school, so I have literally no shot of being the most famous person from not only my hometown, but my high school. Um, yeah, it's a bummer. Listen, life isn't done. You still have life to live. You could be more famous than Brad Pitt, theoretically, because uh, the world hasn't ended yet. That's a good point. I have about 15 sexiest man of the year awards to so I got to get going here. You got to get you got to get it going. You got to get started. Come on. Come I on. I once was like I was talking to my dad. This is so long ago and I was like I want to be the most famous person from our town. He's like not going to happen cuz no Sean Marino's in the NFL. And I was like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> we had a high, someone from my high school, no Sean Marino went to the NFL. I don't know if he's still in the NFL. He's not, and guess what? You're more famous than no Sean Moreno. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe in some circles, but maybe in others, I don't know. I know. I know Sean. I know Sean. <laughs> you more you Moreno famous. I know Sean that for sure. <laughs> it's also such a weird thought to be like, mm, who's going to be more famous? Wait, Kenny, you're an only child. What the fuck was that like? I'm a weird dude, man. <laughs> I don't know. I used to like sing to myself. Like I would just bust in a song. Um, here's okay. Here's the most uh, cursed image. I would play catch with myself in the yard. Oh no. Yeah. So would you throw the ball and then run after the ball and be like, "Got it." <laughs> yeah, I would throw. I would. I would throw a football as high and deep as I could, and I would sprint down the street. And I would catch it, and all the neighbors would look out the window and say, look at that poor, lonely boy. That lonely boy needs a brother or sister or sibling, just something. Just somebody, so he stops singing opera in the yard and bothering <laughs> all of our quiet families. Did you? Were you like a bother in the neighborhood? Did you like go be like, can so-and-so come out and play? Hey, well, what, are they, what are you guys doing? I was obsessively finding people to play with, yeah. I would like, I would show up. Also, ADHD, hyper little kid. I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, like, I knocked on your door like, it wasn't even like a calm, like, you know, knock, knock. It was like, can Austin come out and play? What about Will? Let's play anything. I'll do anything at all. I'll do any game at all. I'll be the bad guy. I'll be the good guy. You can put me in a hole and put dirt on me. I'll do anything you want. Please just speak to me. Did you watch The Curious Case of Natalia Grace? No. It's a documentary on Max. And it's about a little person who was adopted. And then the family was like, she's not a little person who's a child. She's a little person who's an adult. And then they like got her an apartment to live by herself because they were like, this adult can't live with our kids. And then everyone in this like community she lived in was like, she was so fucking annoying. This adult was knocking on the door, asking to play with our kids. And I was like, doesn't sound like an adult. That sounds like a fucking kid who's lonely. <laughs> Yeah. It's an insane documentary. You have to watch it. I heard it. about this story. I will absolutely watch it. I remember the story when it came out, and I was like, are they certain it's an adult? 
I mean, like that's a huge. I don't. I think she was a child. I think she was slightly older than what they thought, but she was definitely a child. And she's from Ukraine, and now she has like, <laughs> she has a, a like a black stepdad. So now she's got like a black scent, and is from Ukraine, and it's wild to listen to. That's fantastic. You gotta watch it. Okay, Kenny, I have a question about love. Yes. Do you remember your first girlfriend? Yeah. Were you like a ladies' man in school? No. I was a nervous weirdo that would wring my hands like little towels anytime girls were around because I was so nervous. I'd sweat and stutter, and I'd I'd lick my braces and prepare. Ew. And I would break into an accent such as this. Uh, uh-huh. You know, I, I was always, like, really nervous around girls um, in middle school and high school. But my first girlfriend, uh, here's how long it took me. We started having crushes on each other in seventh grade. And we did Mm -hmm. not date until our senior year of high school. Uh, It took me six years to get a girl that I knew to like me (laughs) to be my girlfriend. (laughs) So, and you know what? Actually, you know what? Let's back it up. My first actual girlfriend was in seventh grade. But then she said she would be my girlfriend. I think I asked her on the phone or I left a note in her locker. I might be conflating two stories. But then... Uh, speaking to her made me so nervous that I never went to her locker. I never talked for two weeks. I didn't speak to her. And then she said, it doesn't really feel like you're my boyfriend. So I had a (laughs) two week relationship where no words were exchanged. Um, So that was my first girlfriend. Do you remember why you didn't want to speak to her and like why you avoided her? Ah, man, girls just scared me so much. There was like a very deep uh, fear of rejection and humiliation. I was always just convinced that I would be like, I like you. And they'd be like, you're a bad guy. We all talk about it. We want you dead. But she she agreed to be your girlfriend. So Correct. that wouldn't happen. I guess it's hard to, to like, uh, negative self-talk. It's hard to, like, overcome it and be like, no, no, this person actually does like me. Yeah. I think everyone hates me, yeah. I That's a tough space to live in. It is. It's hard. It's so hard. I'm so tired. I mean, it is exhausting being like, does this person hate me? I find myself to be a people pleaser sometimes, a lot of times, um, but it's not so they don't hate me. I'm just like, I just want everyone to like have a nice time and be happy. Uh, but the girl that you dated your senior year, how long did you guys date? Uh, one year. Okay. We did it for all of our senior year, and I was the captain of the basketball team, and she was the cheerleader, and... We were just living that nice, that nice storybook. Just you know, a I'm fun trying to remember the name of the show. Dawson's rom-com. Creek. We were having a nice Dawson's Creek time. Were you like homecoming king and queen and shit? No, uh, no, we were not. I was nominated for LPA king though. Ladies pay all. See, this is what's hilarious of me thinking everyone hates me. There was literally a mountain of evidence that I was well liked and popular, but uh, you could not have told me <laughs> that. And I do think maybe. To your question about why I didn't speak to my seventh grade girlfriend, the only child thing is probably part of it. Like, I had no practice speaking to girls that weren't my mother. I had no sister. I didn't have siblings that had friends over. So I just had no experience with it whatsoever. And so I just didn't know what to do. I just knew girls liked different things, but I didn't know what those were. So I was like, I I don't know. You want to play Transformers? That's kind of funny that nobody was like, just ask them what they like. Right. Just you just have a conversation. Just ask them what they like. Do you remember your like first play date? I don't I so I wasn't an only child. That's why I have so many questions about it. I like 
truly don't understand not having someone in the house to be like, hey, wake up and fucking play with me. <laughs> I could see you saying it exactly like that. And I would be so excited. I would have been your best friend. I would have been like, I'll fucking play with you right fucking now. Let's fucking go. <laughs> I mean, it truly wasn't far off. I would go into my sister's room all the time and she'd be like, can I have privacy? And I'm like, get privacy when you move out. I was just in everybody's business. Um, but was being an only child, was it like lonely or no? Yeah, it could be. My, You know, my parents were very pro me having like, uh, sleepovers and like having friends over. They they really tried to be accommodating in that way because they didn't want me to be a little weirdo. Mm-hmm. I remember to answer your the the first playdate question. Uh, I remember. I, I mean, I was in kindergarten or first grade, and there was a kid on the bus that I had a conversation with, and I saw where he lived. Like he got off the bus, and I saw what house he went in, and I asked my mom. I said, "Can I go?" ask Austin Barkley to play or actually I think I asked her to call his house and she was like you have to do it <laughs> so I went over there and gave that really hyper knock 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 and then um his mom answered the door and I, I this, my memory is insane that I actually remember this but he came to the door and he was playing with one of those uh toy vacuum cleaners where the little color balls bounce around as mm-hmm. when he rolled across the floor and uh he was like yeah I'll, I'll play with you and I was like let's fucking go and we were like best friends until he moved to a new school district. Oh, no. But honestly, that's like a nice memory. I'm glad that you remember that. Yeah. I wonder if he's thinking about that right now. He's like, oh, man, I love that vacuum. And then my new best friend came over and we vacuumed together. Um, so, okay, your first relationship was senior year of high school. What's like your first real relationship where you're like, oh, this is like a serious thing and I'm going to bring them home to my parents uh, or or you're just like, it's a serious thing. Probably the high school, the high school girlfriend. That was like, uh, even though it's a high school relationship at the time, it felt very serious. And you got to keep in mind that I grew up in the Bible Belt. So like mm-hmm. you legitimately start being like, well, I guess it's time to settle down. I'm 18 after all. <laughs> Probably time to put a ring, put a ring on it so we can start... Start a family, and I don't, I don't want to be have a geriatric pregnancy at 21. <laughs> and so that one was probably my first. And then to be honest, I um, I had a I had a college girlfriend that was that was great. She was really nice. We dated for a year, but I I didn't want to be in a relationship. I just wanted to be single for a long time. I dated a girl in Chicago for a year. Um, that was really cool. And fun. She was. She's a great girl. We're still friends. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, I think once I started comedy in particular, I was like, I, I'm not gonna put a woman through dating an open mic comedian. So, <laughs> you know, like, I was just like, this isn't. There's no other than other comedians. There's no woman on this planet that wants anything to do with this. She thinks she does. She doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the, I, the high school girlfriend was very serious. And then after that, it was just kind of a series of. Kind of like just dating, having fun, but not really serious. Yeah. Do you currently have and have you had chuckle fuckers? I ask all comedians this because I feel like men uh, or male identifying people have the most chuckle fuckers. Uh, yeah. Well, it's interesting. I feel like I feel like and, and I have permission to be vague about this. But, you know, as you know, I dated a friend of yours for a long time and uh it was, you know, a very long relationship. And I, I actually feel like in some ways uh, I've evolved past, like, 
the vibe that I put out now, like a girl might see my act and then and be like, oh, I kind of want to fuck that guy. But then like I don't. I used to have a real fuckboy vibe, and I had a great time. Mm-hmm. When I first started comedy, it was great, and everybody was on the same page. But I think, like, I'm actually working a bit about this right now, where I'm, like, not so much single as I'm a boyfriend without a girlfriend, because <laughs> I was with someone for so long. Uh-huh. Like, I just, you know, I, I'm going to listen to you talk about your day. I'm going to be like, you don't, what your coworker said what to you? You don't, you know, and uh, I'm going to s- stroke your hair and kiss your forehead. And that's not one night stand material. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. No, that makes sense. Also, I do feel like some people don't grow out of it you know like being a fuck boy fucking whoever and then some people do like i was in home goods the other day and i was like should i buy pumpkins and decorate my house for the fall and i was like who is she what are you doing <laughs> turning into my mother it just it flips but you know I, I think part of it too is like and i and i have by the way i i have had some i've had some fun and like definitely being a male comedian is silly like you know, mm-hmm. I I can I, I can check my DMs at any time, and and if I've just been in a city, there's a good chance somebody's at least gonna say great show. And I've actually learned that that is flirting. I didn't realize that. I used to always oh. just like reply to that and be like, thank you. I didn't realize <laughs> that. Like, of course, if you're DMing me, it's probably some flirtation. You're probably not just telling me good fuck. show. Trying to smash. Mm-hmm. And um and I'm I'm not I don't want to I'm not painting myself as a saint here. I've had a nice time. You know what I mean? But um. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I just think my vibe has shifted. It was I guess to answer your question more succinctly, earlier in my career, it was more so because I was kind of like a party boy mess. I kind of like I had the vibe of a guy that you might want to be with for one night, but probably not much longer than that. And then now I've done a lot of work on myself, and I think, you know, I'm in my late thirties too. So a lot of the women that are interested are probably like closer to my age and like kind of like are are you are you the one that takes me off tinder you know i think mm-hmm. everyone that all the women i talk to now are very tired <laughs> yeah i mean know. i'm fully exhausted are you on the apps currently no i did when i first got single and then i just forgot how exhausting it is and it it takes so much of your focus because it's it's addicting. Swiping is more addicting than any social media I've ever been a part of in my life. Mm-hmm. Because it's just like it's just an endless parade of faces that might want to hook up with you or might you know. And you just it's like so f- addicting. You're just like ah, is it you? 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 And then you're like looking at your profile. You're like maybe my profile is wrong. And you're editing your profile. And then you're typing and then deleting and then typing messages. And then ah, I don't want to say it that way. And, blah, blah, blah. and next thing you know, like an hour and a half has passed. And it's like I should probably focus on um getting my career where i want it to be and mm-hmm. not um tender yeah i matched with this guy and he was like let's go out and then i was in a weird place so i was like let's not go out and then i was like you know what let's go out and he was like okay let's do it and then i didn't hear from him for a little bit and then he was like oh no i got the flu and i said oh, okay and then he was like, but we will reschedule. And I said, all right. And then didn't hear from him for a while. And then he was like, oh, no, my friend's not doing too good. I got to help him out. And I was like, oh, okay. And I still haven't heard from him for a while. And I'm like, I hope he reaches out again. And he's like, oh, no, a bomb went off in my house. I got to f- rebuild my home. And I kind of hope it never stops. And every time he reaches out, it's just like heightened to the point where I, he's like, I'm Bugs Bunny and I can't get out of the cartoon. <laughs> I took a wrong turn at Albuquerque. <laughs> I can't come pick you up at eight. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. 
I'm sorry, but also probably for the best. And that's at least a little entertaining. Yeah, I guess. Dating is honestly a hellscape. I wish it on nobody. Um, so, okay, when you were you the one who broke up with your high school girlfriend and your college girlfriend? My high school girlfriend um, cheated on me. I'm very, that was very um. scarring. And I feel dumb talking about this now at 37 because I have, if, if anyone that knows me is listening to this, I promise you it is. It is water under the bridge. But in the context of this conversation, <laughs> it was like obviously like catastrophic at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, and then because hurt people hurt people, yeah. I went on to then cheat on my college girlfriend. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm uh, I'm a. I learned from that experience that I am a. I'm bad. I I can't cheat. I I. Uh, the Catholic guilt that lingers in my soul is mm. too strong, and I confessed. Even though I cheated in, in Chicago, Illinois, with a woman she never would ever meet or talk to, but I just had to tell her. I had to let her know and clear my Fair. conscience. I yeah. don't think I could cheat because I talk so much and I tell people all my business. Like I would definitely be like, well, what I did last night was bad. But also <laughs> if I was like cheating with someone, I'd be like, I do have some partner and I'm being bad. Like I'm just not good at <laughs> shutting up. Yeah, I'm the same. We're, we have similar brains. We've talked about this before. I feel like ADD is part, like ADD people are terrible liars because it's like whatever comes up comes out. Mm-hmm. It's like whatever's on my mind, I'm letting you know. And uh, I think I have this poker face. I just don't because I'm just like pinging around in my brain and my face is adjusting to every thought. It's not good. Yeah, it's terrible. I once went to this wine tasting and I didn't really love the wine person. I thought they were very corny and annoying. And I thought I had a poker face the whole time, but also I had a couple drinks in me. And everyone after we left was like, Nicole, you are on your worst behavior. You kept rolling your eyes. You were making faces. And I was like, who, me? And like, don't act dumb. And I was like, I'm not acting dumb. I really thought I had a poker face. I have no nothing of the sort. True, Simply just... Whatever's on my face is on my face, and I am telegraphing it. Yeah, there was a comedian one time that uh, became friends with a friend of mine, and my friend who knew this comedian goes, hey, why do you hate so-and-so? And I go, I don't hate so-and-so. I go, why Why would he say that? He goes, because of your face every time he comes around. And I was like, oh, mm, well, oops. I guess that makes sense. I've outed myself. <laughs> um, how do you get over a breakup? Like, how... Like, in your earlier years, how did you get over it? Were you just like... In my earlier years, unhealthily, uh, kind of that classic, like, the only way to get over a woman is to get under another. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here's the thing. I was single for a long time in my 20s, kind of by design, like I said. I, I You know, and honestly, part of that's Bible Belt thinking, sorry for a tangent, but, like, in my head, I was like, well, I'm, of course, going to get married one day and have children, so I should have as much mm-hmm. fun as I can right now. I need to get this all out of my system. So I kind of did that. And then um, I I think after this more recent breakup, I thought that's what I would be doing. And that's kind of where I've learned, like, no, you evolve so much as a person during the duration of this long-term relationship. Like, you know, I was in therapy for the first time throughout that relationship. I started meditating. You know, um, I got sober and then relapsed. And now I'm back, back on the wagon. Um, but... Congrats. That shit's Thanks. really hard. And I yeah, think it's... more people should acknowledge how hard it is to be sober and or 
choose a different vice. Uh, I don't know. I'm a firm believer in like, not everyone can be sober, but if yeah. you can be, that's incredible. So yeah. congrats. And, and, and to be clear, my, my big thing is, is alcohol is the gateway to everything else. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm still allowing myself to like smoke a little weed if I need to, if I'm at a social event and I need to do something, but I'm also really trying to, like, I, I used to smoke weed all day, every day and I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, maybe one day I'll stop entirely, but I agree with you. I, I think part of what happens when people talk about sobriety is there's like this pressure to be perfectly sober or whatever, but it's like, I think more people should be nuanced about it. It's fucking hard. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was completely, truly 100% sober for, uh, several months during pandemic, no weed, no booze. And then I started smoking again. And then after the breakup, I was like, I can drink and I'm single and how am I going to date? And I, I've learned to control it. And then, um, you know, I, I can't, I just simply can't. And that is a hard thing to acknowledge. And that's a hard thing to accept. And I, I feel like a lot of vices should be like an ongoing conversation with either yourself or like a therapist or whatever. And it's like, well, I'm going to try this again. And then I think also you have to go, why do I want to try this again? Well, because you know, it's like, it's like when you, it's like, okay, it's like, um, when you get like a psychiatric medication, right. Mm -hmm. And, and all of a sudden for the first time in your life, you're not depressed. Right. And, but then Mm -hmm. six months go by and you start to forget how you used to feel and you go, well, I'm doing really good. I don't need to take my medication. Mm -hmm. And then you stop and then you go, whoopsies. And then you have to start all over again because, and I think it's the same, like the more distance you get between yourself and the reason you decided to stop the, the the you know the disease or whatever you want to call it your demons they don't remind you why you quit they say mm-hmm. they want you to forget and to be like oh it's fine it's fine don't worry let's fucking party real quick Kenny we have to take a break Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Shift gears in your wardrobe without a complete and expensive overhaul. Dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops and premium jeans, sweaters, outerwear, vacation fits, you name it. For just $98 a month, you get a choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing, fast, free shipping and returns, and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I like Newly a lot because sometimes I don't want to like own a sparkly thing because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it more than once. Also, I have a ton of sparkly things. And Newly is very good at like having a sparkly thing that I'll wear once and then I can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DATEME20. Just go to newly.com, N U U L Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code DATEME20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com. Newly with two U's with code DATEME20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Okay, so life is hard and a lot of us spend our times wishing that we had more time. The question is time for what? If time is unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. That's important because therapy is kind of like dating. You got to find someone who works with you. So, you know, if you're not getting good vibes or you're not, you're not feeling it, like you, you could just switch no additional charge. Uh, learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash date me today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash date me. Oh, Kenny, we're back. <laughs> that was terrific. Oh, thank you. Um, I I think I've ta- I've probably talked about it on this podcast, but I in my early twenties I was living in New York and I loved drinking. I loved getting shit faced. And then truly on Instagram, I saw this thing that was like people with ADHD like to drink because the people around them start to act like them. They are less inhibited the way that people with ADHD do things like uh, either compulsively or impulsively. And I was like, oh my fucking God. And then the next time I was drinking, uh, I like noticed it. I noticed people being more like, oh, saying like, da da da. And I was like, ah. Oh. And then I was like, oh, this is why I like this so oh, much. I just remember. I just realized this is not a video pocket. If the audience can see my face, this just like <laughs> bells are going off in my head. That's insane. And I think you're right because I knew ADHD people are prone to substances because we're trying to regulate mm-hmm. this just nightmare of pinging thoughts and you know just rapid flubber. My brain is flubber. It's the movie flubber, <laughs> and it's just you can't you can't grab onto any of it. And, um, but that's insane. And I think you're absolutely right. You know, Instagram university has all the lessons you need. Yeah. And we're also thrill seekers and dopamine deficient. That's the other thing I learned from Instagram. That's what I learned. We're, we're dopamine deficient. So that's why like anything, drugs, alcohol, porn, video games, anything that gives you a dope social media. I mean, that's why I had to quit Twitter. Because I would just sit there for six hours, just like trying to think of a tweet. Like, I gotta think of a, I gotta think of one. I gotta think of a good one. That one sucks. Obviously, I gotta get my dopamine. And it's insane. It's just like, uh, it's a deranged way to live your life. But if everyone's drunk, they understand. They understand. They make mistakes. You're not embarrassed. Like, uh, everything, everyone's on your level. And it is, it is a wild thing to like live through every day. Yeah, I don't know about you. Every time I wake up, I have so many thoughts in my head and I'm like, oh my God, I don't know if I can get out of bed. And then I'm like, get out of bed and take your medicine. And then we'll go from there. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's like uh, I have 30 of the best movie ideas I've ever thought of in my life and I've started writing one of them six years ago. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like that. (laughs) It's just, it's like... How could I possibly write all of these great movies? You know, and it's just, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, the med- the medicine is is a godsend, and it's uh, too bad there's a shortage right now, and I uh, am waiting for open enrollment for healthcare in New York City. New York, concrete jungle where dreams are made of. Kenny, I have a question. Yes. 
what are you looking for in your next relationship? Or do you plan on staying single for a while? I do plan on staying single for a while. Oh, you know what? And this circles back to your last question of how I deal with a breakup. What I'm doing right now is I'm focusing on myself and um, trying to not need somebody. I want to, Mm. I'm living alone for the first time in my entire life. Um, through therapy, I realized some codependency that I've had my entire life. And I'd like to really address that and learn to actually be by myself. And, um, you know, cause I, I, again, I, w- I was pursuing comedy, so I would always live as cheaply as humanly possible. So like, I wasn't mm-hmm. even really budgeting. I was just like, my rent is cheap. I make enough money at work. I don't think about money, but that's not enough. I, you know, I got to like learn how to actually be alone. So I, I do want that. But then eventually... I just want somebody, uh, I need an independent person for sure, because I think an independent person is who really understands how much a comedian is gone. Like I need you Mm -hmm. to have your own thing going on, your own passions, your own dreams. Uh, it can't be a thing where like, if I miss your work happy hour, you're devastated. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. so it takes a special kind of person to deal with that because, you know, people want to show off their partner and everything. And like, Obviously, I'm the kind of person that will be there when I can, but I need someone to be understanding. But I want someone to be uh, passionate about music in the same way that I am. That's a big one for me. Um, I really love to sit and listen to records and like really like think about lyrics and songs and what they mean. And like um, that's I'm very passionate that way. And also, I need an outdoorsy person. I want I want someone that will go hiking and camping with me and. Uh, and the hiking can be a little intense. Like I want to go, I want to climb mountains with you. You know what I mean? Whoever you are out there listening right now. Wild. Um, and you Wild. have to be a listener of this podcast. Yeah, you got to fucking listen to this. You got to like me. You got to be a fan of me. I, boy, oh boy, you lost me with hiking. Oh, damn it. I'm not an outdoors gal. Can't do yeah. that. Can't be outside. My whole thing is whatever you see at the top of the mountain, you can look up and you see it just fine from the ground. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> that's a very you theory. Um, are you from Are you from the part of Jersey that's like basically like we're coming into New York City all the time? Are you from because there's like outdoorsy Jersey, but then there's also mm-hmm. like there's like urban city Jersey. I'm from. I guess it's like kind of outdoorsy. Jer- I'm from like very suburban Jersey, so it's like if you speed forty minutes from the city, if you take the train, it's like an hour fifteen. Um, gotcha. But yeah. But you, so you weren't exposed to it when you were younger, right? Like a lot of outdoors no. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't, I feel like it might be like a black thing. Like a, a lot of black people don't hike. And right. my mother was like an indoors woman. She loved being inside. She loved air conditioning and heat and amenities. Um, and then my dad, I think he was, yeah, he was also like an, an indoors person. Yeah. I find black people don't like to take a lot of unnecessary risks. I feel like... <laughs> There's an idea that. I wonder why. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why don't we want to go trampsing into the woods by ourselves? You know where (laughs) odd white people live and build their own houses out of found wood. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, In my half hour special, I have a joke about it. I was driving in Ohio, uh, and I the GPS literally took me into the woods, and then there was a 
dilapidated house that said free watermelon. And I was like, this is a trap for black people. <laughs> this is a trap in the middle of the fucking woods for us. Because I truly was like, ooh, free watermelon. And then I was like, don't stop, Nicole. No, 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 no. <laughs> free watermelon at the bottom of this hole. All you have to do is climb down and grab it. Just come on in. We want to give it to you. How many long-term relationships have you had? Uh, if you're talking longer than a year, just the one. Oh, I've yeah. never had a long, long-term relationship. I've only had like one relationship. I think I can say that it was a relationship. Um, and it's interesting because like being out of it, I'm like, huh, I thought I was very good at communication. Turns out the lie detector results are in. That was a lie. I'm very <laughs> bad at communication. For someone who talks as fucking much as I do, I'm not good at communication. I wonder, do you think that might be the people-pleasy part where you're kind of afraid to vocalize what you actually need and want? Absolutely. Because I'm like, if I tell you what you want, that might be in a disagreement with what you need and want. So I don't want that. So I'll just shut up. Yeah. One of the giant revelations I had in therapy that I think contributed to um, my ex and I really deciding to go separate ways and very amicably at that. But one time my therapist goes... Um, what does Kenny want to need? And the fact that I was stumped by this question was like alarming. Mm -hmm. I truly had no answer. I, I like you would have thought she asked me to to write Latin. I, I just was like, <laughs> um, wh what do you what do you mean? I just need and want for her to like me and be happy and pleased, and I don't want to upset anyone. And then. Yeah, and then and then it just occurred to me, like I think we're again, I think we're very similar. We've talked about this a lot. It's why we're friends. But when you're like a people pleaser, I also think ADHD people tend to know that we're kind of hard to be with. So it's like mm -hmm. uh, I'm I'm always like ah, I'm like overcompensating for the fact that like I'm definitely going to forget to get groceries, and I'm for sure uh -huh. going to forget to do the dishes, <laughs> and like you know, so I'm like overcompensating by not needing anything from you ever, and um. So yeah, that that's I can relate to that because um, you don't want to communicate it. Sure don't. Um, that is interesting because uh, I do think so. Like I like me, I think I'm good, but I tend to think in like romantic relationships, people are just tolerating me, which is like a weird disconnect because it's like, well, if I like me and someone's dating me. Clearly, they do like me. But in my brain, I'm like, they're tolerating me for a certain amount of time. And then eventually, they're going to move on because that's the the pattern that has been set in my life. Um, but I do think it's like good to be like, well, what do I need and what do I want? And like, if this person goes away, it's not the end of the world. 100%. And, you know, everyone liking you is actually a bad thing. I, uh, one of my favorite quotes and obviously... Um, Listeners of this podcast might feel conflicted ways about this person, uh, but Patrice O'Neill once said, "If everybody, uh, I thought you were going to every... say Joe Rogan, and I was like, mm, I think we all don't like him." <laughs> yeah, hit space bar, stop recording, get him off, get him off <laughs> bye this bye. podcast. <laughs> but you know, obviously, uh, Patrice had stances on women that probably a lot of listeners sure. to this podcast do not appreciate, sure. um, and I and I would say that I understand that. But mm -hmm. he once said, "If everybody likes you, nobody loves you." And uh, Ooh, I think about that all the time because that just kind of means you have no teeth, you have no stance, you have no POV, right? Like you should mm -hmm. be alienating some people, especially if you're a public figure. 
And uh, but then also in the world of dating, like you shouldn't want everyone to want to date you because that just means you're not actually revealing your true self, right? And that's what I'm trying to get better about. Where it's mm-hmm. like, no, this is who I am, and if you don't like it, that's fine. That just honestly, that's good that I know that. Let's move on. So that's you know something I'm trying to take with me. It's hard though. It's really hard being your true self because the last person I dated wasn't like super familiar with my comedy or anything, but they knew I was a comedian. Um, and I remember like one of our early dates, uh, they had come over and I was like talking about my day. And I said, maybe I've mentioned this on the podcast. I don't know. But I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry this isn't more entertaining to to hear, to listen to. And they were like, well, you're not here to entertain me. I want to hear about your day. And I was like, huh. Oh. Oh. So I don't have to be this person who's on all the time. But then I would get, you know, I'm like, people are moody. I'm a moody person. And they would say, they would go, are you grumpy right now? And I'm a people pleaser. And as real as I wanted to be, I was like, being grumpy isn't good. I want to make you happy. So I'd be like, no, I'm not grumpy. And they'd be like, well, why are you acting like this? And I'm like, I don't know why I'm acting. And then, like, in hindsight, I'm like, most of our arguments would have been solved if I had just said, I am grumpy. I'm grumpy and I need a second. Thank you for acknowledging that like there has been a change in my behavior. Um, but you know, hindsight's 2020 and um, I'm, I'm alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing. It's a good thing I'm your guest today because I relate to all of this and um, I, I the same. And I think what I've realized reflecting on the relationship I just got out of is that was my first like real stab at it. Like I had a couple girlfriends before, but, you know, the girl I dated in Chicago, like, we already knew I was moving to New York. We started dating, mm-hmm. before, but, like, it was like, I'm moving to New York in a year. Let's date till I leave because we've always kind of had a, a spark and a thing for each other, and that'd be fun. And But, like, there was, like, an expiration date on it. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And so, of course it didn't of, – of course there was things that didn't work. This is my first actual attempt at it. You know, like like anything, you have to learn from your experiences, and that that is exactly what you're saying. Like, I'm the king of – sitting there with my brow furrowed and my arms crossed and what's wrong nothing's wrong why do you think something's mm-hmm. wrong is it just everything about me right now is that why you're asking me <laughs> leave me alone i'm just sulking but it's not cuz i'm mad it's because it's fun to sulk like insane you know what i mean just yeah. say it yeah and i think i had this idea that i was like i can't have emotions because i have to be a good partner and that's an insane thing to think. But that's, I really think I spent a long time with this person going, well, if they see that like I am moody or like I do get angry about things, they're gonna leave. And then it's like, well, you didn't you didn't do those things and they left anyway. So like maybe in your next relationship, you try to be fully yourself and fully an actual person and like communicate. And I'm reading this book called Calling in the One. Allegedly, after seven weeks, I'm going to find the person of my dreams. That's what this lady says. Um, And I had to go to Michael's and buy supplies. And I've made a vision board. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. We're doing it. But the book was also like uh, negativity and like uh, 
like being uh, condescending uh, as a means of communication is actually like detrimental. And I was like, ah, okay. Cause you, you know how you're like, oh, well you should just know this. And then it's like a nasty thing that you're like, but you should just know this. It's I'm being honest. And it's like, are you being honest or are you being a dick? Like did, the, did this person need to hear that you think this terrible thing about them? Or can you figure out a way to like work around it? I don't know. Relationships are really fucking hard. And it was my first one. So I guess I shouldn't be so hard on myself. Yeah, it's really hard. And it's it's also too, it's like <clears throat> as much as you want to not lose yourself in a relationship for yourself, you got to think about it too for the other the other person. It can be overwhelming. Like to be with someone who is kind of a doormat, which is basically what I realized I was at times, can mm -hmm. be a lot for them. Because it's like, no, dude, tell me what you need. Stop just like chameleoning yourself to make me happy. That's overwhelming. You know what I mean? Like, you don't you don't have to just drop your entire life to serve me. Like, that is also a lot for me. That's also overwhelming to me. I want you to have your thing going. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so it's kind of it's kind of both. It's like that was kind of a, a lightning. Because, like, of course, I'm not going to do it for me, but but for her, for her, <laughs> I'll have needs. For her. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Real quick, we got to take a break. A full, rich love exists in all of us, and wearing a locket can really help symbolize that. Guess what? Pandora is bringing back a beloved, an iconic piece of jewelry. You guessed it, the locket. The locket charm from Pandora opens and closes so you can keep something precious inside, like a note from a loved one, lace from your wedding dress, or even a photo of your pet. No matter what you choose to keep inside of it, you can keep it close to your heart always. Plus, inside the locket is an engraved message. Today, tomorrow, always. To remind you that love is in everything you do. The back is blank for your own engraving. Engraving is available online in select stores. Pandora's new infinity chain design also makes the perfect partner for the new locket dangle charms. Pandora also offers so much more than just charms. You can shop rings, necklaces, earrings, and bracelets too. At Pandora, you'll find jewelry perfect for any style with each piece expertly crafted and hand-finished in genuine metals. Shop now at a store near you or online at Pandora.net. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better human 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations. Studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. I mean, Babbel is super convenient, and it's helped me with real-life conversations like Vamanos Mikasa, 
I got to go to my house or hamburguesa, por favor. It's easy to learn how to order food or ask for directions like I just did or speak to, to merchants without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. How do you feel about telling jokes about the person that you used to date? Do you... Do you think you'll tell them about the jokes or do you think you'll just do them? I'm doing a, a set about it now and I have uh, run it all by her. Um, mm -hmm. Because I, you know, people think it's weird when you remain friends with your exes, but I think that is so bonkers. Like if it, if nothing happened other than two people growing apart, why would you, like I understand giving yourself time and distance. Like that's happening right now. Taking some time, taking mm -hmm. some distance. But really, the idea being to recalibrate our relationship to each other, like give 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 some time for the pet names to fall out of your brain, mm -hmm. and for that, you know. So, but so you can sort of redefine how you relate to each other. But like, I spent eight and a half years with this person. Like, this is mm -hmm. why, why on earth would I be vindictive or try to burn all that to the ground? I mean, that's crazy to me. This person was the closest person in my life, and knows everything about me. Like, why would I not want to maintain that friendship? And so I, I've run everything by her and uh, she appreciates that. She's even, um, you know, given me tags and like, been like, <laughs> oh, here's another funny thing you can say. And I, cause I find too, even just comedically speaking, when there's too much venom, sometimes the audience doesn't like it. They're like, oh, who's this mm -hmm. angry, this, this person should go to a therapist. Why are they screaming uh -huh. at us? Right. But like if you if you find a way to do it in a lighthearted way, not only are you processing it, but the audience can then relate. You know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. and so, yes, I am talking about it. But what's interesting is I barely talked about her when we were together, which I think in my next relationship, I don't know if I well, you have to you have to talk about your life. But we never fought, though. Most jokes are about fights. We didn't fight very much. So mm -hmm. I didn't really have a lot of material. <laughs> um. Yeah, I tell jokes about them, and there was a time where they were like, hey, I didn't like that joke. We haven't worked it out yet. And I was like, oh, you didn't like that I invited you to show, to, told a joke about a problem we were having, and we haven't fixed it? Oh, okay, I get it. Um, and the other jokes, are they're mostly about like me and me, uh, like... Uh, how do you say it? Uh, processing the breakup or whatever. Uh, but I do wonder if I should tell them that I tell these jokes. I don't know. Cause well, I, we're also taking some space. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like, yeah, I, I don't know. It depends on how many people in your group know who you're talking about or the audience. Mm -hmm. Right. Like for me, you know, this person was in our world. And so mm -hmm. I'm not worried about the audience knowing who it is. Cause we were very private, but, I'm worried about like I don't want mutual friends of ours to see me up there. You know what I mean? So that that's mm, that's yeah, that's yeah. kind of why I took that extra. But I think most people probably don't know who you're talking about. Um, so, but I mean, if you want to maintain just respect, then you can run it by them. Okay, I think I might. 
when I'm ready, but I'm taking some space. Yes, <laughs> you have to take some space. <sighs> and then I've been trying to swipe on the, the fucking apps. I know you were like, oh, take like an hour. I'm only on them for like five minutes, and then I immediately get disheartened. I'm like, oh my God, will I ever find anybody ever again? Yeah, man. But also, yeah, my my response to that same feeling is just like, there's probably only one woman on this app who likes me, so I have to swipe until I find her. <laughs> Everyone else thinks I'm a hideous monster. I have to find the diamond in the rough. Um, okay, I have a question. Uh, who got you into comedy? Was it your grandpa Joe, who was a great storyteller? Wow. Thank you very much, Byron Allen. Yes, it was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, he was, yeah, growing up, he was, um, my mom's side of the family uh, was super fun. Um, and he would just like tell these stories and hold, he was just the funniest guy. And and I, I think what I noticed was that towards the end of his life, um, uh I don't remember what the event was. I think it was my grandparents' like 50th wedding anniversary or something like that. But a bunch of people mm -hmm. came and everybody's stories were about a time he made them laugh and how funny he was. And I just noticed, I was like, that is the mark this man left on the world. Like it wasn't his job, you know, uh, it wasn't, but it was like, he was so funny. And that's, it, I, it just stuck out to me. Like he made something he said 30 years ago, a guy is still like, it's the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. And, um, yeah, I think it just made me want to do that. And also like, you know, there was like tension on my mom's side of the family that was always kind of there that I, even as a kid, I didn't fully understand and probably still don't. But when he would get to telling stories, I would just feel it all melt away. And it was like, and now everything's good and everyone's happy. And so, yeah, I think that was a part of it. And then also probably being cheated on in high school, I was like, oh, I got to do something with this. And honestly, to what we're just talking about, very vindictive when I first started, when I would talk about my ex and my breakup and definitely did it in front of her on purpose, which is, no, I shudder to daddy. think about, I will scream, I scream myself awake at night thinking about it sometimes. Uh, but then now I'm like, look how much he's grown. Look how much he's grown. So... Yeah. That's good. I'm glad that you've grown. I, yeah, anytime I talk very poorly about someone on stage, it's usually nobody that anybody can figure out. Um, but also cheating on someone in high school is so wild. I remember, I just, I don't know, I was pimply and weird looking and I, like, I didn't fuck nobody in high school. But truly, like, balancing, like... <laughs> you know, theater and track and field and all my classes. Like, uh, how would I, and then have a boyfriend and then cheat on that boyfriend. I, I mean, this bitch, she had it all together. She had time. That's hilarious. Yeah, well, and also it's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you really think about it. That's funny that you're jealous of her. Of like, shit. wow, she got two <laughs> high school boys that wanted to fuck her. That's incredible. That's wild. I would give anything for that. Even now, two high school boys come to my guest That's house. That's all I want, as long as they're 18. I'm kidding. Um, yeah, well, it's, uh, and it's also funny because it's like, to say cheated on is ridiculous. We were 18 years old. Like, who gives a shit? You, we, we should have been banging each other. We all should have been banging each other. You should all be exploring mm. your sexuality. This idea that, like, you're mine, 
at 18 is ridiculous. Now, obviously, there's like you want to be safe and feelings are involved and all of that. But like that that's why I said it earlier when I even brought this up. Like I feel ridiculous bringing this up now because mm-hmm. I'm a 37-year-old man. You know <laughs> what I mean? But like um, yeah, and it's like I remember talking about like we'll go to college together and we'll get a house and we'll live together and then we'll get married. And I, of course, she was like, ah, I, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta fuck that guy. This guy's too much. I, I can't do this. I gotta go fuck Todd behind the bleachers. Uh, yeah. That's that's very funny to put that pressure on yourself in high school. But all, like, I feel like society puts that pressure on you from the time you like go through puberty. They're like, all right, find someone to love you. You better get married. You gotta have kids. And I don't think I want to get married anymore. I think I just want like a partner. Uh, I don't think I need the piece of paper unless, you know, we got to get on somebody's health insurance or something. Um, and then I'm like, kids, Ugh, yuck. I, I, I hung this wallpaper for 16 hours. I don't want some little gremlin with their grubby little fingers touching it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know about the whole marriage thing, too. I, I was um, engaged because I thought that's what you were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And then we just never got married because it was like, do you want to plan a wedding? No. Do you want to plan a wedding? No. (laughs) And then when we realized we'd grown apart, we were like, wow, we can just walk away, which is why we're still friends because there was no Mm -hmm. lawyers. There was no arbitration. There was none of that shit. It was just like, okay, we're different people now. Mm Bye-bye. And that was so, so much. I'm like so grateful because I have a friend going through a divorce and seeing that versus what I just went through. I'm like, dog, y'all are never going to talk again in any sort of kind terms ever after this, based on what I'm seeing. And I've already seen my ex multiple times and it's been really nice because there was no fighting of any kind. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know about all that. I don't know about that that piece of paper. Something changes. So I, yeah, for whatever reason, I feel like you get that piece of paper and then it's just like, well, now it's of a different importance. And I guess it's also like when you put a label on a relationship, uh, that sometimes makes people go crazy because they're like, well, now it means something else. And also now legally, now legally your debt is my debt. Now legally- Yeah, which is wild. If you're committing a crime that I don't know about, I'm potentially implicated, right? If you're my girlfriend and you're defrauding the government, I'm not on the hook for that. But if you're my wife and you're committing tax fraud, even if I don't know about it, I'm implicated, so I think it's Ooh, like damn. that. It's like that. It's that that it elevates everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wild. Mm, I don't want to be married to anyone who does tax. Like I just the IRS seems so scary. They only communicate via letters. That's 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 power. That's unhinged. <laughs> you don't if somebody call nobody. was yeah, if somebody was doing that through a dating context, that might be romantic. But when it's uh, threat vaguely threatening, it's like even scarier. Uh-huh. You're like, oh my god, you you paid for postage. Um, we do have to wrap this up, but my assistant Lindsay is incredible, and she found the executive summary on your resume from 2014. Uh, she did write, not relevant, just made me laugh. Mr. DeForest is an upbeat, charismatic person who aims to create an environment of positivity and creativity wherever he is, a hard worker. Mr. DeForest is the sort of person who is quick to make friends, a man often referred to by older women as a card. He enjoys the outdoors 
exercise, friendly chatter, and helping others. He hates cynicism and defeatist attitudes. He is sure to be an asset to any team he joins. <laughs> oh, God. Do I still have a LinkedIn? I think you do, and I think that's where Lindsay may have found it. Um, that oh. is incredible, and I love it so much. Should I just copy and paste that into my dating profile? Honestly, I was going to say, you should put this on your Tinder or your Hinge or whatever. It's so funny. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> a card. A card. <laughs> He's a card. Holy shnikes. I've been, I've, ooh, I'm, I'm crawling in my skin right now, like Linkin Park. Sorry about it. Um, okay, I asked all my guests this. Would you date me? Yes. Yes, yeah! I would. Yes, I would. Thank you, Kenny. Okay, we didn't talk about it, but you do have a special that is currently streaming on YouTube. Um, Do you want to tell people a little bit about it before we go? Yes, it's called Don't You Know Who I Am, uh, which is a play on the closing bit. So if you want to know what that means, you have to watch it. Um, Uh Yeah, it's basically my, uh, to be quick about it, uh, I played basketball growing up. I was very serious about it. And I I kind of didn't realize I was onto something, but there I realized that a lot of athletes, especially boys, uh, really struggle after sports is over because no one helps us deal with that. And we're, you're very intense and and you're losing an identity and you're losing um, you're losing so much more than just a game, right? And I lost a friend during COVID um, to to an overdose and I, I I was like I. I felt like it never, after basketball ended, I feel like that's kind of where the problems really started to spiral. And I started talking to other athletes that I knew and everybody was like, yes, absolutely. If not them, someone they knew. And so I was like, let me just, I'm a comedian. Let me like put together a special that kind of chronicles my journey with it. Um, And so that's kind of what it is. Um, So it's like basketball, my sort of struggle afterwards and then a redemption story at the end and then there's an audio only album version that i released with blonde medicine that has 20 plus bonus minutes and it's the first 20 minutes of the album so and and there's actually me talking about my relationship a little bit in there um so if you want to if you watch the special and you want more check out the album and you can just listen to the first 22 minutes and then that'll be all the bonus stuff yay and where can people find that the special's on my YouTube. It's free. There's mm-hmm. a really cool intro outro that I'm very proud of. And um, uh, the song is by Charlie Crockett, which I contractually must say as per my contract to use the song in my special. Um, and also, he's the best, and that song rules. Um, and so that's on my YouTube. And then you can, anywhere you get albums, Bandcamp, Spotify, um, etc., Apple Music, all that stuff. Hell yeah. Uh, if you like this episode of Why Won't You Date Me, you can like it, you can rate it, you can subscribe it, uh, to it. Oh my God. Apple Podcasts, whatever, five stars. I don't know. I've done this podcast for so long. I love when I fuck up the outro. Um, but if you write me something nasty hitting on me, I will read it out loud. If you write it to Why Won't You Date Me podcast at gmail.com, Mars has to go through it. No dick pics. Okay. So this is a Sonic themed nasty message. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Mars. See, that's nice to say hello to Mars. Nicole, I want to plow your puss while we dress up as Sonic characters. You'll, of course, be Sonic. I'm going to dress up as Knuckles so I can fist your VJJ with extra force. Meanwhile, Sonic's voice actor, Ben Schwartz, will be watching us, but he's my friend. 
and he'll be using the voice to cheer you on. I'm out. You, oh no. And after I have my way with you, I'll use my tail shaped vibrator to add extra stimulation to your clit and I'll ramp it up faster and faster until you turn into a rolling speedball like Sonic and crash through the walls going on as you roll towards the sunset in bliss. Honestly, I only sent this message because Jordan from Best Friends made you so upset suggesting that you have sex to a Sonic movie. Sorry, not sorry about it. Okay, here's why I got upset. Sonic is a child. So it shouldn't, you, nobody should be, Sonic's, a, he's a child. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> why Won't You Date Me with Nicole Byer is produced by me, Mars. It's executive produced by Adam Sachs, Nick Liao, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco. With talent bookings by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Maddie Ogden. Got a question, crazy dating story, or a dirty message for Nicole? Write it to Why Won't You Date Me podcast at gmail.com for a chance to have it featured on a future show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode. Bye-bye. This has been a Team Coco production. We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn that thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton. For the stay. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.